Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly Podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, uh, an administrator can be defined as this, one who loves to organize, one who loves to lead, or one who loves to direct. Now, let me just ask you, how many of your eyes light up when you, you hear the word administrator or you hear the word organize? Okay, where are all the nerds at? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Okay, a lot of our pastoral staff I can see, um, which is cool. But, but a lot of us light up, and uh, I will tell you what my number one gift is. And it is the gift of administration. I was going to say it's none of your business, but that wouldn't be very kind. Um, uh, so, so yes, the gift of administration. And the crazy thing about this gift I'm finding is that it surfaces at random times uh, in my life. And so, for example, uh, we went on a family trip about three, week, three or four weeks ago. Normally, we try to, at the end of the school year, take the family and go do something fun. Well, we couldn't go on a cruise. That's usually our go-to. Uh, and so I was like, let's do something we've never done before. And we hadn't been out to Denver, Colorado, or like Breckenridge and been to all the, the beautiful, the mountains out there. How many of you have been out there? Uh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Amazing. A lot of you have been out there. That's awesome. Uh, so we, we decided to take a family trip and uh, we got some, you know, a good deal on tickets because I like a good deal. We go out there. And as a part of that, we rented a car. So I go into this, um, I wasn't, I'm not gonna use the name because I don't wanna throw them under the bus, but I go into this, this uh, rental car place and they have all the stanchions set up, which is always a bad sign when you start off with all the stanchions and the lines. And so I realized that I have to zigzag through all of this line and I'm in the very back and you're just, once you're off the plane, you're just ready to go. You don't wanna wait any, any period of time. And I realized that this line is not moving at all. So the administrator in me, I start to calculate, okay, um, let's see how long it takes for me to move. So I set a little timer on my phone and I was like, okay, it took this long and then I took a step forward, all right? And then I did it again. I'm like, okay, if I take that average, it's gonna take me uh, probably 45 minutes to get to the front of the line. And so I start calculating that. And then I'm like, well, how can we make this more efficient? Now, some of you are laughing at me, but others of you are like, well, that's a good idea. I would do the exact same thing. And so, uh, so I started saying, well, here's, here's the problem. When, when somebody gets to the end of the, the queue, a lot of times they're not paying attention and they're down on their phone. And it takes so much time for the person that is open, the clerk that is open to get their attention. We're wasting time here. So if I could adjust this, then that would make us more efficient. Then we get up to the counter and um, they're asking us questions that we've already filled out online. And I'm like, that's wasting time, okay? And again, I don't wanna be rude or anything, but I'm thinking this could be so much more efficient. So long story short, it takes 40 minutes to get through the line. Now, how many of you would be like, okay, I'm done? All right. I, not me, because I'm a Christian, okay? I, that was a test. You didn't pass. No, I'm just playing. But I started to think, you know, Matt, why don't you just relax? You're on vacation. Just have a good time. And then I started to think, well, I would have a better time if I didn't have to wait 40 minutes in the line. You know, you have all these thoughts go through. But administration affects so many different areas of our life. It affects ministry in a big way. And, in, and, and uh, really administration as it relates to ministry is important because we can get so much more done for the kingdom if we have strong administration. And all the administrators say, amen. And all the mercy people say, oh, it's okay, it'll be fine, all right. So 
Or maybe you say you don't have a gift. No, you have a gift. Don't measure your gift against someone else's gift. God has given all of us a gift. And what we want you to discover is what God has placed inside of you. And so you can maximize that. And when I first started ministry, to be honest with you, I didn't even realize that, that this was my number one gifting until tests like this uh, or quizzes like this helped reveal that. Um, but it's amazing. And that's our prayer for you, man, that you would def- uh, identify what God's, uh, God has placed inside of you so that he can grow and use that gift. And so Nehemiah, let me talk just a little bit about Nehemiah, who was someone throughout scripture who we know was really gifted in the area of administration. And I'll, and I'll give some examples here in just a moment. Um, and so we're gonna look at his life and look at what he was able to accomplish. So let me give some historical background to set this up. Uh, the book of Nehemiah is tucked away in the Old Testament. A lot of us just pass right by it. Um, uh, but, but here's what happened. Nehemiah decided to step up to this challenge. And this challenge was this that I'm gonna rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Not just him, but for him to administrate and orchestrate and organize the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. He was a guy that got stuff done. I would have liked to hang out with Nehemiah because I like to get stuff done. And so it's kind of cool just how he has this gift. Now, keep in mind, Ezra and Nehemiah both wrote about the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Uh, Ezra wrote about the rebuilding of the temple, but when we read about Nehemiah, he's talking about rebuilding Jerusalem's walls, the, the walls that surrounded the city. And so why was that a big deal? Why was that important? In ancient times, the cities located in the Middle East were surrounded by stone walls and it had the gates, they were guarded uh, for the protection of the people. So when the walls were down, that meant they were, they were vulnerable. And so it was a big deal that God placed this on Nehemiah uh, and it was a huge task. Uh, so, so the task was far from easy and Nehemiah had many obstacles to overcome this. Think about this. We don't really think about these details sometimes when we think about the story of Nehemiah, but he had to find food for the families and workers who were rebuilding the wall. That's a logistic. You gotta organize that. You gotta plan for that. Managing resources during the time of famine was, was a challenge. Uh, protecting workers from outside raids from neighboring countries. Defending the poor who were being exploited by money lenders. So the building the wall, the labor part, wasn't really all that was going on. Uh, really, some of the main obstacles and the main challenges was, was all the logistics that, that surrounded that. How many of you know that God is in the details? And I love what pastor says. The, the saying goes that the devil's in the details. But uh, really, God is all about the details. And so I love that framework. I love that mindset is that God cares about the details. And so maybe you're not the, the person who is gifted in administration and you know that. Don't just write yourself off. All of us can grow in these areas and try and get better. Amen. Um, I worked with a guy one time and he just, it's like he didn't even try. He said, well, that's not my gifting. I was like, no, you, you gotta make effort and you never know how God will begin to bless and open up different areas in your life as, as he leads you. But I love this, because check this out. Under the leadership of Nehemiah, the walls of the city of Jerusalem were rebuilt in 52 days. It's unbelievable to think about this. If you understood all the complexities that were involved, but a task that had been left undone for 140 years it was completed in 52 days through his leadership. So what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna look at the different characteristics 
of Nehemiah, the leadership qualities that he had, the administrative leadership qualities that he had. And, uh, and what I want you to do is now's the time for you to grab this, this paper and I'm gonna go through them one through 20. Again, this is the administrator uh, purple sheet here, characteristics uh, number one. And we're gonna cover these 20 characteristics of those uh, with the gift of administration. And then also at the end, we'll cover the misuse of this gift. So here's the first characteristic. Number one, an ability to visualize the final results of a major undertaking. Okay, so Nehemiah, he visualized this goal of what is described in Nehemiah chapter one, uh, this, this uh, great distress and reproach of God's people by rebuilding the walls. He was able to visualize it completed before it was even done and how all the parts were gonna work together. And administrators can often visualize solutions more easily than others. So what you would wanna do is you wanna take uh, rate yourself there. Is it for you? Never. One, seldom. Two, sometimes. Three, usually. And so forth. And then, uh, and then do that for every one of these that, that we cover tonight, each characteristic, all right? And um, this makes me think of the, a secular company, but John Deere, you know, John Deere tractors, the green tractors. Uh, this, this company, it's cool because they were able to visualize something that wasn't uh, yet accomplished. And uh, they, they noticed that a lot of their employees were coming in, and really it happens across the board, but their first day of employment, all their employees were having a, a bad day. Like it was a bad first day experience. And uh, I, I won't have you raise your hand, but many of you could raise your hand, whether it's all of the jobs that you've started the first day haven't been ideal, or maybe most of it. But here's usually how it goes down, and here's what they described in, in their book. They said, um, Here's, here's maybe what goes on. The, the new employee walks into the, uh, the reception area and is greeted by the receptionist and says, hi, it's my first day, I'm so-and-so. And oh, really? Well, we weren't really expecting you. Now that's not a good first start. And so they, they buzz the person that they think should maybe come in and get you. And uh, they call that person, oh, I'm actually in a meeting. I forgot they were coming. And so then somebody else comes and takes them to their desk and they look at this desk that's barely put together and the phone's not plugged in and they've got a, an old computer thing and nothing's hooked up properly and they open the drawer and there's like an old floppy disk from the 80s or something all in there. And so they spend their first few hours just flipping through this old employee handbook, reading about mileage reimbursement and who knows what. And they were, they were getting feedback that, that that's kind of the norm uh, in the industry is just a lot of people don't put any thought into this, but they were able to visualize a solution. So what they did is they hired a consultant and they had this, uh, the person from the company in the internal branding department. And they said, we wanna make this a, a great experience. We wanna make the first day of someone's uh, employment a great experience. And so we're gonna, we're gonna go all out. So they orchestrate and they organize and they work through all the logistics that um, they have one of their peers on their first day meet them out in the parking lot and actually greet them with their favorite Starbucks beverage. I wanna work there, right? And so they say, hey, how are you? We're expecting you right this way. We're gonna bypass all this other stuff, right? We're gonna to go to the, your desk. They sit down at their desk. There's a, a gift package there with their, their logoed merchandise there and it's set up. Their computer actually works. It's hooked up to the printer. It's amazing. Everything's branded to them, welcome. When they walk in the, the lobby, they see wel uh, welcome so-and-so and they have their, their job title there. They were really, really planned for. They open up their email, 
The first email is from the CEO. And it gives a brief description about the company. And then it says this line, welcome to the greatest work you'll ever do. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So as all the administrators are like, oh, I'm taking notes. I want to take this back. So all the administrators think like that. And I thought the same way. I thought, you know what? I want Faith Assembly to be a great place to work. It already is, but I want it to be an even greater place to work. I want this to be the greatest place to work in Orlando, right? Let's, so let's make it better. If the secular market is gonna work that hard, then the church should work even harder, right? So let's be greater. Let's, let's do even more. And so that, that kind of stuff, man, it just fires me up and I get excited about that. And so I want the people here to, to walk away after their first day thinking these things. I belong here. The work we're doing matters and I, matter to them. And so I'm thankful that John Deere started it and we're just going to steal it and we're going to adapt it and uh, it's going to be awesome. Amen. I'll just uh, take this time to say this too, that um, we do have some job openings. All right. Our campus care team, uh, we have a need for uh, clean people who love to clean and are passionate about this and are hard workers and will show up on time. Some of you are like, I'm disqualified. No, that shouldn't be. You're a Christian. Um, but if you know of somebody, we, we are hiring in that area and landscapers, all right? So I just, I just wanted to throw that in there because maybe that'll resonate with you or you're looking for a job or you know somebody who is and you can apply for that. So here's number two. The second characteristic is an ability to break down major goals into smaller achievable tasks. And so in Nehemiah chapter three, he was able to take this monumental task all this labor, and he did it by saying, okay, this people group, you take care of that, this people group, in bite-sized pieces. And I think that's what, one of the reasons why the Dave Ramsey course is so effective. Because you can get so overwhelmed with, man, I've got bills to pay, I'm in debt, uh, I've got student loan debt, I've got this, I've got these responsibilities, I've got, so where do you even begin? But yet I wanna invest for my future, and it's like, ah. so people don't even know where to begin, so it literally paralyzes them, and, and they just, they don't do anything. But what Dave, who's an administrator, if you've listened to him, you understand that that's kind of one of his giftings as well. He breaks it down, okay, don't worry about all that stuff. All I want you to worry about is this one thing, $1,000 in the bank, right? And so I, I, I'm a big Dave Ram, Ramsey fan. If you didn't get a chance to be a part of that, that series that we went through uh, earlier on this year, man, go back and listen to that. Um, we can get you access to that as well. But there's something amazing about just really breaking these things down and uh, that's how you build momentum and that's how you're able to achieve uh, incredible results. And so the saying goes like this, how do you eat an elephant? No, you don't. Elephants are disgusting, okay? Trust me. No, just, yes, one bite at a time. You just, just take that one little step. You take that one little step, and you look back, and you're like, man, I can't believe how much progress we've made. And Nehemiah understood this. I'm going to delegate. I'm going to assign. And you, you can understand what happened. Third characteristic is this. An ability to know what resources are available and needed to reach a goal. Nehemiah requested from the king the resources needed to rebuild the walls. And so he said, I, I need this amount of time. And I, uh, he, gave, uh, he needed letters of introduction and that helped with kind of the networking and favor with leaders. He needed this amount of wood and timber and he had to orchestrate all that and he uh, let his leaders know what was needed to accomplish that. So rate yourself on that as well. The fourth characteristic is a tendency to remove himself from distracting details in order to focus on the ultimate goal. So Nehemiah, 
It's interesting because he wasn't actually doing the physical labor necessary or the building itself, but he would just try to make sure that he was removing the obstacles so that the people could uh, keep, keep working at a good pace and keep everything he's, he's supplying. He's doing all the logistics, and that's what administrators uh, will do as well. The fifth characteristic is a willingness to endure reaction from insiders and outsiders in order to reach an ultimate goal. Nehemiah had opposition from within and without uh, his efforts within and out with his efforts to rebuild the walls. And that's found in Nehemiah chapter four. And uh, I wrote this down, I like this. When God assigns you a task, how many of you know it doesn't matter who opposes you? When God says, hey, I want you to accomplish this, he puts that vision in front of you, it doesn't matter who opposes you, who talks bad about you, it doesn't matter who resists you or you fill in the blank, that does not matter because God's favor outweighs all opposition. God's favor outweighs all that resistance. And you keep your head down and you keep working and watch what happens, don't give up. The sixth characteristic is this, a need for loyalty and confidence from those who are being directed and served. So he wanted buy-in from the people. He wanted to make sure that they were all in. The seventh characteristic is an ability to know what he should and should not delegate to others. Uh, Nehemiah delegated the work on the walls, but he retained the responsibility of dealing with the enemies and guarding the walls. And, and, and that's, that, that took wisdom on his part. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. I was thinking about this when, when Pastor Carl talks about how inevitably he'll be in the hallway somewhere or outside and he'll see a piece of trash on the ground. Probably heard him talking about this. And his initial thought is, hey, somebody ought to pick that up. And then he thinks, well, I'm somebody because we have a servant leader. Aren't you thankful for Pastor Carl? He's amazing. He'll do anything and you know he will, but should he be doing that all the time? No, he shouldn't. <laughs> Miss Alice says, no, yeah. He shouldn't because that's, that's not what God has called him to do. Yes, he's willing to do that, but if he spent all his time doing that, no, we built teams to do that. So what we can do is free him up to do what God has called him to do, which is pastor this amazing church, this, this amazing body of believers. And so willing to do anything, but, but uh, maybe not accepting everything and you learn how to delegate. According to John Maxwell, the author of Developing the Leaders Around You, he says it like this. He says, if you want to do a few small things right, do them yourself. If you want to do great things and make a big impact, then learn to delegate. Yeah, if you keep it all yourself, you'll be able to accomplish a few small things and it'll be awesome. But if you can learn to release and delegate, there, there's amazing uh, scriptural principles in that, especially those that have the gift of, of administration. The eighth characteristic is an ability to inspire and encourage workers by cheerfulness, approval, praise, and challenges. And uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this. Um, I was, uh, Pastor had said, hey, I want you to, to start working with the custodial team and, and helping them. And um, I was like, all right. So I, I meet with them and I was like, I wanna cast some vision to this team. And one of the things that we decided to do was number one, just, just change the name to help uh, better cast the vision for what we're really doing here. And so um, I'll rewind a little bit, but I was uh, on Facebook, 
saw this video, and many of you have probably seen this video, but there's a comedian named Michael Jr. He's a hilarious guy. And uh, one of the things that he does is he's a a stand-up comedian and he will travel around to different auditoriums and churches. And as a part of his little act, he'll interact with the crowd. And so he'll begin to uh, share a little bit and say, you know, sir, what do you do? And then kind of cut up a little bit and, and have fun like that. And so he gets to this one guy and he's a, he's a probably a six, four black guy, big guy, just sitting down. He's like, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm a musical director. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, can you give me a little line of amazing grace? And uh, he's like, okay. So they, they run and they get him a mic and, and he goes, amazing great and he sings the song and it's deep and it's rumbling and everybody's like oh that was good you know and everybody starts clapping and he's like now what I want you to do though is I want you to do it a little bit differently this time now I want you to sing it like your brother just got out of jail and he didn't really deserve it but God's given him a second chance like you just got shot but God spared your life like you know all the stuff that you came from and now you're free now I want you to sing it and so this guy's like alright so he kind of sits up a little bit more straight and he takes it up the octave and he starts doing all these licks and runs I'm not even going to attempt that okay and so he begins to sing all this crazy stuff and by the end of it the whole place is like standing on their feet and they're applauding and his takeaway from that was this. He goes, the first time you sang that song, you knew what you were singing, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I I did. He goes, but the second time you sang that song, you knew why you were singing it. Your why always changes your what. And that just, it was just like, I, I just love that because it was so profound, so simple yet so profound. And so when I began to to meet with our custodial team, I began to share that story and talk to them about how, you know what we're doing? What is our why? Our why is not just cleaning. Our why is not just wiping down tables. Our why is not just setting up something. We get to be a a part of the kingdom of God, building this church and, and, and setting the table for what God is gonna do. Do you realize what we get to do here? And so their eyes began to light up and it's a part of this process that we're, we're remembering the why and now it's called campus care and maybe you've seen that um, or heard, heard us talk about that a little bit but, but it's remembering the why because without those people, amazing men and women that work and serve so hard, uh, this, this place wouldn't be as great as it is. Amen. Actually, let's just give them a, a good hand right now for all the hard work that they do. So administrators learn to inspire and encourage through approval, praise, and challenges. And so um, that's the why. And I started to think about, well, what is the why for, what was the why for Jesus? And Hebrews 12 says it this way, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured all of that pain, all of that suffering. Jesus came to this earth for the joy set before him. That's, we were the why for him. And so that's powerful. Remember the why. The ninth characteristic, a joy and fulfillment in seeing all the parts come together in a finished product. Um, uh, the, the town that I grew up in, the county that I grew up in had a symphony orchestra and I was in band and stuff and I played when I was growing up and, and I was able to play in the Laporte County Symphony Orchestra and it was cool. But I remember the first time I, I was able to be kind of in this orchestra and uh, before I was just in these smaller bands and it was cool, but when I got in front of the orchestra, the full orchestra and that conductor got up there and he lifted that baton and on the first note, everybody played in unison, it gave me chills. 
It was an amazing experience. And then I was, I was hooked even more. I've, I've always loved music, but I was hooked even more at that time because everybody's coming together and all these parts are coming together. And really what an administrator does is, is, is a director. Bring all the parts together. There's rehearsals. Yeah, hey, you're too loud on this part or you rush this part. No, or why don't you stop here? And then when it's time to, when it's time to go, when it's time to perform, it happens. And so uh, that's a, a lot of what administrators do is just that direction. All the parts coming together. The 10th characteristic is highly motivated to organize that which for which uh, he or she is responsible. Highly motivated to organize. Um, how many of you love to organize? All right, you can come over to our house. My garage needs some work. Um, no, a lot of people love to organize. And so if you're an organizer, you probably have that, have that gift or you will score high with administration. Um, the 11th characteristic is express ideas and organization in ways that communicate clearly. Administrators are excellent communicators. And not just like from a pulpit or not just from a platform, but just to be able to communicate their idea and to really accomplish something. And I love what uh, Dave Ramsey says. He says this, to be unclear is to be unkind. And we did a little training with our supervisors and leaders here uh, at the church. And we did an exercise. We said, what we want you to do is uh, pair up, partner up. And one of you is gonna receive a, a photo of something, but don't show it to the person next to you, all right? So when are you gonna receive this photo? And then the other person just has a blank paper and a pen, and they've got to try to draw what it is that you're articulating, what it is that you are communicating. I was like, already you got like two minutes, go. So it, it was cool, I was walking around and I was just listening to everybody, and, and one of the pictures was uh, a boat in the middle of a lake with mountains in the background. And so uh, they, they started to say, okay, what this picture is, it's a, there's a lake in the middle and there's mountains on the side, but, but the mountains are kind of small, the boat's, the boat's pretty big and it's this and that, and they start to be able to describe in detail what it is. Then at the end of the two minutes, we said, stop. All right, now I want you to compare. Is what you communicated what you see on the paper? And it was cool because actually Alice was a very, very good communicator. Her, either that or she was a cheater. But I'm gonna believe that she was a good communicator. And I told her afterwards, I was like, that was impressive. Because you can't just say, oh, it's a bug on a plant. You have to say, well, what kind of bug is it? And what kind of plant is it? How big is the plant? And you have to use your words to communicate clearly. And administrators communicate clearly. Um, you would never want somebody that you're sitting down with to not really understand what you're saying. You know, especially if you're an encourager or an exhorter, you might just be like, you're awesome and this is great. And really your heart was to correct. They walk away thinking, hey, this was great. And you're like, yeah, I really gave it to them, but you didn't communicate. So you gotta, you gotta really evaluate um, where you're at on that. Okay, the 12th characteristic is prefers to be under authority in order to have authority. So you like to be right there in that, in that lane, in that range. Um, the 13th characteristic is we'll assume responsibilities if no specific leadership exists. Well, if nobody's gonna do it, I guess I'll step up. Um, that's, that's a characteristic of a, an administrator. The 14th characteristic is enjoys delegating tasks and supervising people. Administrators love to tell people what to do. That just sounds horrible, doesn't it? But if you really understand 
the heart behind it, not, not in the ego way, not in a prideful way, but you understand that that's a part of your job and that's how you can get more done. Uh, Nehemiah was somebody who said, we can't, I can't do this all myself. Um, and I'm not just going to tell you what to do, but if we accomplish this and he cast the vision of what they're able to do and he got a vision from God and heard from God and explained it to the people and it, and it was able to, to happen. I remember when I first came to the church, um, uh, 20 years ago and middle school pastor, I felt like I had to do everything. I thought that's why I was brought here. You know, like I need to do everything because you're going to get paid to do this. And so I was like, okay. So the first several weeks, I'm like, I got to lead worship. I've got to uh, do the announcements. I've got to lead the game time. I've got to preach. I've got to do the altar time at the end and then do the, the discipleship, you know. Now that's, not, that's a recipe for disaster if you're a leader. And what I started to realize is that, you know what? I, it, it's better off if I learn to administrate and I learn to, okay, I can pass this off. This, this guy is great at this. Or you know who would be great at this? They can step up here and do a great job at that. Or you know what? And you just start to, to look for who do you want on the team and who do you want to assemble uh, as a part of where we're going. And you build, you build that. And uh, that's, that's an important part of leadership really in general, but especially as an administrator. Um, the 15th characteristic prefers to, to move on to a new challenge once something is completed. Uh, so that there's no challenge anymore and it, you kind of get bored. Uh, the 16th characteristic constantly writes notes to self. How many notes to self writers are in the room? Yes. How many of you do this? Oh man, I've got to remember this. I'm going to open up an email. Okay. Um, don't forget to do this. And then you hit send to your own email. I'm not the only weird one. Okay, we do this. Notes all over the place. Pastor Carl likes, likes sticky notes. I walk in his office and his desk is like, it looks like a rainbow. It's just all different colors. I was like, okay, what are we gonna tackle today? And it's, it's cool. But that's, that's a characteristic of an administrator. The 17th characteristic has a great zeal of enthusiasm for, for whatever he or she is involved in. Enthusiasm is contagious. Um, 18th characteristic is this, uh, knows when to keep old methods going and when to introduce new ones. 19 is enjoys working with and being around people. And uh, 20 is does not enjoy doing a routine task. The administrator uh, thinks repetitive tasks can be boring work so, and they create no challenge or interest for them. So add all those up and that is gonna be the, the characteristics um, your total for all the characteristics, you'll put that total down there and then you will then take that number and place that on your profile sheet and you can compare how you scored for this gifting against all the others, all right? And now let me quickly go through, I'm not gonna take as much time on these, but I do wanna just uh, warn you or talk about how administrators can misuse their gift. And so this is also on the back side of that purple sheet and... Um, and you can see that one through 10 there. Views people as human resources rather than human beings. And what I always try to communicate to people that I'm talking to is who you are is so much more important than what you do. Man, who you are, obviously in Christ, is so much more important than what you do. But, but we care more about you as a person and how you're doing than just what you do. Um, but, but sometimes the misuse can, can just view people as a, uh, a human resource. 
Number two, uses people to accomplish personal ambitions. Number three, shows favoritism to those who appear to be more loyal. Uh, the single most quality, important quality to administrators is loyalty. And they're attracted to those people so they can show favoritism if they're not careful. Number four, takes charge of projects that were not God's direction. So, hey, if nobody's going to step up, I'm going to do it. But then they, they take on too much and they're saying yes to everything. And it's maybe hard to say no for them. Number five, delegates too much work to others. So you don't want to be too good at delegating so that you're not doing anything. Um, no, do what, do what God has called you to do, but learn and, and discern really what you can delegate to others. Number six, overlook serious character flaws and valuable workers. Um, number seven, can be unresponsive to suggestions and appeals. Eight, fails to give proper explanations and praise to workers. And let me just encourage you, if you're a leader of any team uh, of any kind, I want you to reward what you want repeated. That's a great leadership principle right there. Reward what you want repeated. I had to do that with our dog. Actually, my wife had to do that with our dog. I'm like, how is this dog ever gonna get trained? And it wasn't by pointing your finger and saying, bad dog. It was get out the treats and reward when they do something right. And, and it's amazing how that behavior. So I'm not saying humans are just like dogs, but you can, there's a leadership principle in there and you, you can pull it out yourself. Okay. Becomes upset when others do not share the same vision or goals. Number 10, tends to drive self uh, and neglect personal and family needs. Life is all about balance. And so there needs to be a balance there. So you can add up those, those scores there and you'll determine whether you're mature in those, that area, growing in grace, average, immature, or you need help in, in this area. Okay? Well, we're gonna close right now and I wanna close in prayer, but let me just remind you, administrators, there's somebody who loves to lead, organize, and direct. And I just had this thought. Um, we will never really be great leaders until we learn to follow Jesus. Let me say that again. We're never gonna be really all that God has called us to be as leaders until we can first learn to follow Christ. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.